This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Recovery Radio. I'm your host, Steve Martorano. You're invited to join us for each installment as we talk to experts in the behavioral health field. The idea is to foster diverse and meaningful conversation on substance abuse and mental health issues. Uh, we begin uh, the new year with a, a, a great resource that we always call upon and a great friend of the program, our good buddy Kate Ramsey from Retreat in uh, Lancaster County. We, she is a clinical supervisor there, and as I said, often a guest and and sometimes even you know my fill in uh, my fill in host on Recovery Radio. Good to see you again, uh, Kate, and Happy New Year. Good morning. Thank you. Happy New Year to you as well. We we could we you know when we decided we were going to do the topic uh, mm-hmm. for this installment of the program about journaling and writing as a therapeutic uh, aid, a self help aid. You, immediately, you know, immediately. We'll call Kate. Kate will Kate will be the one. So you're our go to person on this one. Uh, let, let's let's begin as I often do with um, th- things like. Uh, writing for therapy or music therapy or equine therapy, the, the, the stuff that we know works, but from the outside people go, really? What, what has that got to do with it? And, uh, and journaling is, is, one of the, is one of those areas where I think people who don't know what you know, it's about can roll their eyes with regard to helping people either in substance abuse or people who are just suffering from kind of really problematic mental health issues. So we begin at the beginning. Tell us about writing as therapy. So writing is actually something that most of us are used to doing, whether, you know, writing those papers in high school or writing uh, resumes and letters to get hired for jobs. Um, A lot of people, because of that, feel very stressed when they're writing. It's something that we tend to avoid because it reminds us of pressure, things that are pressure-filled. And that's why I think journaling really needs to be approached in a very open way. First and foremost, journaling is writing for no one's eyes but your own. These should never be thought to be seen by anyone. In fact, in therapy, we will often do exercises where we will have uh, someone that we're working with write a letter to someone or write a journal entry, and then we burn it. And we will never read it as the therapist. Only the patient knows what's in there, but it allows them to get it down on paper and then have it go up in smoke. That's a key point. I don't want to leave it too too quickly. That's can sound like a tree falling in the forest and no one's there. Why is it so important that someone absolutely be confident that what they've just committed to a journal won't be seen by anybody? Because then that person can be honest. When we think somebody is going to read it, we start to judge from the outside. We start to question everything that we put down on paper. We wonder what will someone think if they read this. I've had so many people who've said to me, if anybody read my journal, they would think I'm bananas. And that's people that uh, – these are my friends and family. I'm not talking about oh, people I, who are genuinely struggling at the moment. I've often said that if, you, if, if people could read uh, other people's minds – Everyone would be scared to death. Absolutely. (laughs) Everybody would be frightened. Exactly. And so when coming to a journal, um, we really want to have that confidence that we are only writing for ourselves and to ourselves. And 
what it really allows, when we're writing for somebody else, we're writing for the reader. When we're writing for ourselves, we're really writing to connect with who we are at our very core. And I think this is where the therapeutic side really starts to come into play. So many of us in all walks of life, we are used to putting on masks, um, presenting in a certain way, being a certain way, whether it's our role in the family or our role in the workplace. And we kind of lose touch with who is that core me, that kid that was playing in the sandbox at six? Who, you know, what are my dreams? What are my hopes? We almost, especially as we get older, we become afraid to even look at that because we don't want to face disappointment or feelings of failure. And so we run away from that inner self. Journaling and journaling for myself exclusively is a way to connect with the inner me. So tell us what what happens therapeutically in a, in a positive sense when you take what you just described, the process of confronting stuff and mm-hmm. taking a look at it, out of the realm of just, you know, thoughts in my head, which very often are what is troubling people, and actually committing it to a sheet of blank paper. So this is what is so important, and, and now I'm going to get a little geeky, and for those of you who don't recognize the reference, you can go watch movies later. But uh, in the Harry Potter series, ah. um, Dumbledore, the head of Hogwarts, has this thing called a pensive, and basically it's this bowl, and he touches his magic wand to his forehead to take out thoughts that he doesn't want swimming around right now. And he takes the thoughts out and you see the stream go into this bowl. And then if he needs to go back to the thought, he can go back in, pick it up and look at it. Journaling is like that. All this stuff that is just swimming around and moving constantly and distracting us and confusing us. If we take it and write it out, then for one, it gets it out of our heads. It really clears space in there. And then we can also go back and look at what we've put down. Try, we can try to find patterns. We can start to see habits. Uh, a lot of people who journal will find where their negative thoughts are, their negative speaking towards themselves. And as you start to see these things, of course, once we see something and we understand it, we can begin to change it. But we have to first realize what the pattern is before we can break it. Uh, Kane, as a, as a therapist, have you had the experience of seeing someone who um, you think ought not to journal? Or do you generally begin from the premise that everybody can benefit from therapeutic writing? I believe anyone and everyone can benefit from therapeutic writing. I think what we find when people journal is what we also find when we're working with people in therapy. We'll go as far as we feel safe. If I'm not ready to open a door into my past or open a door into my story, I won't go there. Um, But it primes the pump, and it's almost like exposure therapy. First, I'm going to write about these thoughts that scare me. Like, I really don't like myself. I feel like I failed. And I'm going to kind of look at those. Then I'm going to take it a little deeper. Why do I feel like I failed? Well, there was that eighth grade teacher who stood me up in front of the class and made fun of me. Okay, I start to address that. Then maybe I can go deeper as I get used to these feelings of discomfort and really start to look at maybe trauma that happened earlier. Uh, but it's it's a slow progression, and we get there as we're ready to. Of course, 
I do want to say if anyone is struggling with any significant trauma history, significant mental health issues, um, significant drug and alcohol, or are concerned that they might be, don't do this alone. Um, you do always want to turn to a professional uh, to get support, but definitely use this as a tool to help you find yourself. Yeah. Well, a little later, we'll get into the relationship between pure writing for oneself in the context of whatever else is going on in terms of their getting uh, uh, treatment for their problems. Mm-hmm. Kate Ramsey, our guest, she is a clinical supervisor for Retreat in Lancaster County. She's with us to talk about uh, writing as therapy. It's uh, uh, widely known that it's beneficial for many, many people, uh, and we're here to kind of demystify it. So if I heard you there, um, one, of the be- one of the immediate benefits of the physical act of putting words on a piece of paper is to demystify what's going on and, 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 and lower the anxiety about it. I mean, if you have a fear that's you know, really making you anxious or now depressed or whatever, and you, do, and you articulate it that way, mm-hmm. um, th- th- that's, where the, that's where the help is. Absolutely. I mean, there's research that shows that regular journaling, even for five minutes a day or less, regular journaling can help relieve depression and anxiety, can help relieve stress, um, can help build self-confidence and self-esteem. It's It seems like, well, what's the point of this? I'm just scribbling for a couple minutes every day. But it's you're building this new pattern in the brain, and it can relieve all kinds of things that people across the world struggle with. Yeah, yeah jur- we call it journaling here. Uh, it, it sounds uh, most uh, um, it sounds similar to uh, keeping a diary, but I think there's a difference. Is there not a difference between a diary and and journaling in the context we're talking about? Well, first, I think when. At least for me, when I hear the word diary, I imagine some 13-year-old girl with a pink notebook with a lock and key on it that she hides in her dresser drawer. Um, diaries, you know, are more, this is what happened to me today. Journaling is more, this is how I feel, this is what I'm struggling with, this is what's coming out. And, um some forms of journaling, and this is what I encourage my patients to do. I tell them, put pen to paper and do not take it off till the timer goes off. Set it for three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you want, but do not lift that off. Even if you're writing, this is stupid, this is stupid. I can't believe Kate told me to leave this on the paper. This is ridiculous. You keep it flowing because this is what is one of the beautiful gifts of journaling is you become non-judgmental about your own thoughts. You just get them out. And the, the easier that flow comes, that's when you start to, eventually you get rid of a lot of the junk and you start to see these little diamonds and these little jewels of, oh my gosh, I know that person. That's who I am. That's who I am. You can also discover things that you weren't even aware that you, Absolutely. That you, were, fe- that you were feeling and you look at it and you go, wow, that's interesting. Uh, but the non-judgmental part I get, uh, let it flow, keep, keep, it's a muscle, Keep mm-hmm. keep using it. Keep using it. The and explain for me how you um, and maybe someone who's uh, only someone who's written professionally runs into this problem. But there is an automatic judgment that goes on when you look at it and go, 
oh, that's the worst sentence I've ever seen in my life. That's inarticulate. It doesn't make any sense. How do you break through that uh, problem? And that's the pen to paper technique. Because if you do not lift the pen, you don't have time to think about it. Like you just keep scribbling, 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 scribbling. Even if literally you wind up doing little doodles, you keep that pen on the paper. Don't give yourself time to think. Right. This is not a this is not a composition class. No. We're doing something else. Kate Ramsey is our guest, clinical supervisor for Retreat in Lancaster. We're talking about uh, pen to pencil and uh, journaling as writing as a, as a therapy. This is Recovery Radio. We have more with Kate. Stick around. Welcome back to Recovery Radio. We are pleased to have our good buddy Kate Ramsey with us. Kate is the clinical supervisor for Retreat. She's here to talk about writing as therapy. By the way, before we go any further, you, you handle a whole, a whole other range of therapies not unlike um, writing, correct? Some, what yes. are some of the other things that you um, So I started my career as an adult, as much as I've ever been an adult. Um, I began as an actor and went on to be an actor and a director. Um, and so my background is in the arts. Um, certainly did script writing and that kind of thing, because sometimes you're just called on to do it, so mm-hmm. you have to come up with it. Um, but as a as a person, like many, and I would say more women than men, but like many of us, you know, I started journaling when I was young and had dramatic things to say. But in reality, I was also uh, in a lot of pain in my youth. You know, I was coming up in a household with addicted parents. I was coming up in a household with a lot of mental illness, um, poverty, and it was a place for me to go to get out all of this pain. And I think what's fascinating for me over the years is to go back to journals that I wrote 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and see that some of the core issues, in fact, I would say all of the core issues, are the same. They're there in the journal. They're all there. It's the struggle uh, for me, you know, there's this constant repeat of not being good enough, not being hardworking enough, successful enough, not being enough, period. Mm-hmm. And when you start to see these patterns, and I think that's the gift of journaling, you can look at them, kind of take a step back when you go back and reread, and I think it's really important to reread our journals. Um, you can first see patterns, but also how you've grown and changed. The Even though the core issue of I'm not enough may be there in the early journals, it's so different from where it is now. Mm. You know, in in my youth, there was no way out, and there was just rage and everything else. As I've gotten older, it's, oh, there's that thought again. I know this is bull. Let yeah. me I've been here before. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and journal, journaling allows you to, with some greater degree of clarity look back over the arc of your life which yeah. of course you can't do it from the other side of the uh, of the arc you can only do it from perspective so let's so that people understand when mm-hmm. we talk about something like journal journaling or writing as therapy that we're not talking about this as a standalone thing boy you're going to do is start a journal you'll feel better mm-hmm. it's a part of a, a toolbox of different mm-hmm. things that go on while someone is struggling with either substance abuse or mental health issues or both mm-hmm. uh, tell tell us about that relationship between a person's therapy, general therapy, right. and their uh, writing. As a therapist, right. you say you encourage people to do this. What's your role in that? Then, do you are you are you just 
are you a facilitator? Are you an editor? Are you a critic? What What's the, the therapeutic relationship? So I think first and foremost, it actually is just as um, a cheerleader. You can do this. It really, journaling in and of itself can stand alone and have value and therapeutic value, whether I ever get involved as a therapist or not, other than I encourage you to write every day for five minutes, put pen to paper and write. Is that important from a professional standpoint, from your standpoint as a, as a therapist and a clinician? Uh, because, you know, let's face it, the the patient is not in front of you every day. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's someone who's only seeing their therapist once a week, or even mm-hmm. if it's an intensive outpatient, a three-day three, three day a week. During those down periods, mm-hmm. if, if journaling isn't going on, the it's natural for us to begin building back up the defense mechanisms. So does it help in that regard to keep the process open? Absolutely. Uh, I think that writing daily allows you to stay connected daily, excuse me, allows you to stay connected to your feelings. And usually, by the time somebody comes to me for help, it's because because they've become so disconnected from their feelings out of fear of them that they're either struggling with mental illness now or some sort of substance use disorder. And when we become afraid of our feelings and start running away, that's when real trouble starts. Journaling daily allows us to connect to things that make us feel uncomfortable, but then to discover, oh, I'm okay. I have these feelings, and I'm okay. And then when I go into therapy and I share them with my therapist, these horrible, dark things that I think are going to terrify and make my therapist run screaming from the room, and she says, oh, yeah, that's normal. It's like, boo, explosion of the brain. Because we think in our isolated minds that it's only us who has these thoughts. Right, right, right. So to have that affirmation that, no, this is human. Your experience is human. All these thoughts, however, quote, unquote, crazy you may think they are, are normal. And, the, and it would occur to me, listening to you talk about how, how you handle it as a therapist, that it, it also, writing on a daily basis, um, keeps the uh, – it's sort of like um, ke- keeping the flow going, keeping the faucet. The, the idea that you can turn on and off your, your emotions and thoughts and feelings in a therapeutic context because you're only meeting for 50 minutes three days a week is a little, is a little tough. Right. Um, but if, if this process is ongoing, then they arrive in a mm-hmm. better place? Absolutely. Um, and a better place can look like a lot of different mm-hmm. things, but it's why so many therapists assign homework, you know, is I want you to take what we've worked on today and play with it, live with it, be with it, and see where you're at the following week. And sometimes I think, uh, I know my patients will say, oh, I had a great day, I'm doing great. And yet, sometimes the really good days are the ones where you have that enormous emotional aha. And emotionally, it could be very powerful. But in terms of growth, it's so much it's such a quote unquote good day <laughs> because you're growing right. and you're facing things that you right. thought you could never look right. at. And that doesn't have to be a sunshine uh, and uh, and uh, you know a flowery kind of day. Kate Ramsey, our guest, we're talking about writing is therapy. We have more. This is Recovery Radio. Stay with us. 
Welcome back to Recovery Radio. One of my favorite topics is writing is therapy. Um, uh, Kate Ramsey is just an expert in the field. She's clinical supervisor at Retreat in Lancaster. We'll be back with Kate in a second in this fascinating topic. A reminder, though, about our uh, our great, great friends, uh, Retreat Behavioral Health. We've been telling you for a very long time now that you know leaders in the field of substance abuse uh, treatment, they have broadened their range of uh, services now to include a lot of things that fall under the umbrella of behavioral health. And so um, very often the two things go hand in hand, substance abuse and mental health issues. Uh, Retreat now stands uh, poised to handle a lot more things and help a lot more people. They uh, they underwrite this program, though, as an informational and an educational tool. Um, and we give you their phone number every week, and we tell you the same thing. We Everybody from the top down at Retreat hopes you never have to use this phone number. But in a moment of extreme need, it can be a lifesaver because you get good answers. And if you choose Retreat to help you, you'll get the greatest help in the world, believe me. So write the number down, put it in the drawer, and uh, like I said, I hope you never have to use it. 855-859-8810. 24-7, somebody there to talk to you. 855-859-8810, Retreat Behavioral Health. From their Lancaster facility, uh, Kate Ramsey is with us, a longtime friend of the program, here to talk about uh, writing a journal uh, as a, a therapy, self-help. And uh, and self help and and part of the entire therapeutic process. So let's begin at the beginning. Do you do you because there are a number of ways now to write. I mean, you know, when we were growing up, you you know, you had a pencil and the book and you started writing. But there are loads of ways now. So how do you get started? Actually, I want to. All right, I'm going to try this. What do you do? All right. Uh, first and foremost, I mean, the best way is pen or pencil to paper. Um, there's something about a computer and the depersonalization that happens, um, and also the fact that on a computer, someone can access it, anyone can access it, that leaves us feeling more vulnerable. Whereas that book that you're writing in, you have control over it, you know where it is at all times, you can destroy it if you want, you can do whatever you want with it, it's yours. Um, And for those people who don't necessarily like to write words, um, it's also you you can draw, you can sketch, you can use it any way you want to sort of record how you're feeling on a given day, what your experience has been. You know, some days it might just be a big explosion drawn in the middle of the paper, but it has meaning. As long as it is meaningful to you, it's meaningful. The the privacy issue or the security issue regarding um, journaling or therapeutic writing electronically is easy to understand, and, and it can't be overestimated, uh, over uh, uh, emphasized too much. Once it's once it's digitized, it's out there. Mm-hmm. Don't believe that anything's really secure. I get that completely. Is there also some other benefit to actually? putting a, a word or a sentence on a piece of paper, uh, even if you then scribble it out, it's it's down there. Whereas electronically, if you don't like the sentence, you can hit delete, and it's like it didn't happen. That's got to interrupt the process, doesn't it? 
absolutely because you it's funny my kids were just talking about this last night at the dinner table they were like I can't imagine what it was like when you had to when you weren't able to cut and paste things and delete things and move things around my husband and I are looking at each other laughing like oh we can and they're like can you really I'm like yeah we used to write everything by hand the rough draft was all in pen and pencil scratches and lines and arrows move this here and then eventually when we thought we had it where we wanted it to we typed it up um but yeah i think seeing that process even when especially when you're crossing things out and moving things around and looking at things it really shows where your mind how it got from a to z you, and it's so obvious when you think about it in these terms and therein it lies the Ther- the therapy. It's yeah. not the end of the process. It's the entire process. Oh, I didn't like that word. I crossed that word out. The the social media today, and I include blogging in this, has you know all kinds of benefits. Some people just couldn't live without it. Uh, but it is sort of predicated on because it's public and it's open, whether you think so or not. It's predicated on putting your best face out there, making sure you don't look foolish, which is antithetical. To what you're talking about, right? Absolutely. It even even those blogs where it's like, look, I'm showing you that I'm human. It's still edited. There's nobody that just throws something out on a blog and lets it sit there. You always are editing when you're online. You're always aware of that outside set of eyes or millions of eyes. Whereas a journal is for my eyes only nobody else's and there's a real freedom in that and i think in a day and age when we're so aware that all of our information is out there and everybody knows everything and we talk about anything in public and da 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 da, to have a place that is sacred really sacred and is just for us that in and of itself is empowering because i think many of us feel like we're not worth something just for us right and instagram is not that place no instagram is the other side the other side of the universe on this and i think you know the joy of blogs and instagram and all of that is that it allows connection and you can have genuine human connection and that realization that i am not alone that other people feel this way but It can also be isolating if everybody's presenting one way and you're like, that's not me. And and the journal, again, brings you back to yourself and feeling comfortable. The more we write about ourselves and our experiences, the more comfortable we become with who we are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be it would be a breath of fresh air and probably very beneficial for a lot of young people if they were able to post to Instagram things like here. Here we are. Uh, in Marcus Hook for our vacation, and it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> we had a lousy yeah. time here, yeah. and I wish I was in Cabo San Lucas with the yeah. Kardashians, but yeah. I'm not. I'm here. Yeah. Then it would be something else uh, instead of what it is right now. But even then, I think you're still, and you're right. You're doing it for but an audience. But even then, you're aware that somebody's watching. You're still sitting up a little straighter or writing the sentence a little more clearly. Well, it's the un- it, what is that, the uncertainty principle that... Once you observe something, it changes it. Yeah, auto- yeah, yeah. I can't think of the word, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I think you hit on the word process. This is about process. 
This is not about product. There is no end point to this. It is about the process of reconnecting with myself. I can use pen to paper. I can use colored pencils and crayons. I'm a big fan of bullet journaling. Um, oh, that's a great point. It's yeah. so – now, for me, I just love using the colors. And, right. you know, I've seen recommendations. You can do, you know, a month, and you color in each day with sort of the predominant color of your day. Right. And it's really fascinating because yeah. you can see, oh, my gosh, every third week I get red right here. You know? yeah. And it's, yeah. it's really interesting. I'm a big fan of the bullet point. The, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing like – five, ten really solid bullet points to get you go. Because, you know, that's not the sum total of it, but it can trigger a lot of stuff. You can go, ooh, that's an interesting bullet point. So let me ask you now if it's as simple as buying a book, go out and go buy a little journal book and you can get a pencil from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it, what, as you start people off on this process, do, do you uh, tell them uh, when they go, well, what do I write about? Do you, do you tell them it's uh, more important to write about the de- the events that occur in your day or your head or how you feel about those things? Honestly, to start, I'd say just write. Don't care what you write. Doesn't matter. Again, it's not about product. And you don't have to comment on it or nope. judge it? or No. Nope. And write. that's the most important thing is not, you know, who knows? Maybe one day you sit down and you want to write a poem. Maybe one day you sit down and you want to write a story about some character. It doesn't matter because it's coming from within you and it needs to come out. It Maybe one day you sit down and you want to write about something that happened in your history. All of it is worthwhile. I often think of the refrigerator in the home of someone who has a five-year-old. Everything goes on the fridge. None of it gets tossed because it's all meaningful simply because that five-year-old did it. We need to get back to that. If it comes from me and it is honestly me, it has value. Mm. It's not about, just like with the five-year-old, it's like, oh, my gosh, look, this one they couldn't color in the lines, and now they are coloring in the lines, and look at how much they've grown, and da-da-da-da-da. This is about growth. Should um – Again, there's nothing easier than coming up for a rationale to not write. As mm-hmm. someone who wrote, you, you know that. You could come up with a million reasons why I, I'm not going to write. Uh, if somebody's starting a journal who, who wants to get some benefit from it therapeutically, sh- should they concern themselves at all with spelling and grammar? No. Okay, here I'm going to get on my soapbox about spelling. Spelling was not standardized until George Washington's time. Up until that time, that that is straight up truth, (laughs) up until that time, if you spelled it so someone could understand it, it counted. You know, what Shakespeare, there were something like 18 different spellings of his name. Spelling is so unimportant. And again, this journal is for you. And so many people will not write simply because they're worried about misspelling or worrying about grammar. You know what? None of that stuff matters. None of it matters. You just write for yourself. And if you don't like to write, then, like I said, crayon, draw, use, uh, you know, ink. There's so many wonderful things out there right now to to create with for journaling. Um, They have amazing journals with super thick paper so the ink doesn't leak through. Like, you can really have an amazing time. You can make it all art. You can make it about things you've seen in nature. You can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter because it is just for you. Yeah, it's a great broad uh, definition of what a journal actually could uh, could be. Are men getting this, young men? Because we started out saying, you know, diaries are sort of synonymous with young girls. But the whole idea of writing, you know, emotions and thoughts and everything seems 
to have come out of a feminine ethic rather than a masculine one. Are men getting it now? I believe so. You know, it's funny. One of the first people I knew who journaled regularly was an actor that I met in Manhattan when I was in my 20s. And he was 25, 26 and had been journaling for a decade and had all these leather-bound journals. And he would just write two or three lines for each day. And that was it. But he suddenly had this trove of, of history in his life. And I think, again, men... Typically, we discourage or have discouraged men from expressing emotions. Um, and I think a journal is a great safe place to connect, to allow oneself to connect with emotions because nobody's going to see it. Listen, if you're a guy and you want to write about emotions and burn the sheets right after, do it just to get used to the that's fact a that great, you have That's them. a great point. This is not for posterity. No. <laughs> it's not for posterity. Kate Ramsey, we're talking about writing is a therapy. We have another segment with Kate, so don't go away. This is Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Recovery Radio. Uh, we've had a lot, at least I have, a great time with uh, Kate to. Ramsey. And uh, this, is, this is really good stuff. Every time Kate's here, we get a, we get a really uh, unique and fresh perspective on so, some things that people might might not immediately think of when trying to figure out how to be happier and healthier. Uh, that's certainly the case with writing as therapy, our topic uh, today. And um, we're, we're just going to um, sort of recap what we've talked about so people understand a little better why this is a good idea. Why don't mm-hmm. you begin there? Well, well, you know, it's funny. On the break, I was thinking about – I was reading this book that I hadn't read in ages and apparently a lot longer than I had thought – because um, when I opened up the book, I got to about page 10, and there was all this scribbling. And I realized it was my son's quote-unquote – I keep saying quote-unquote today. Hmm. Uh, but there was my son's writing. Now, my son is now 19, so he must have been like three or four when he wrote this. And he was pretending to do cursive writing. And there's always that point in the kid's life when they realize that grown-ups write. And they start writing themselves, and they write in your books, and they write on your walls, and on the furniture. And they're so excited about the idea of writing. And like so many creative things, somewhere along the line, we get told, you're not good at that. And we stop. And we lose that joy of just letting things flow out. And I was looking at my son's curly cues all through this book and thinking how wonderful that is, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what's wonderful about journaling is just letting it flow out and going, this feels good. What's the impact on something like, you know, meaning is a difficult thing to describe. Whether someone gets an insight from this process or not is completely personal. But what about perspectives and things like that? Can, can journaling help you maybe not get to the core or understand the meaning of what, but give you a better perspective on what's going on in your life? Absolutely. I think sometimes it's surprising as, as a person is writing and writing and writing and suddenly they do stumble across the answer. I'm a firm believer that all the answers we need are within us. So therapists are just there to help get what's already there out. Journals are there to help get what's already there out. All these different forms of expression, music. You can keep a music journal. This is something, again, for people who don't like to write. Putting together songs of the day. What is your feeling today? And then jotting down why is this, why is this speaking to me today? All of these different kinds of ways of a, 
of connecting with myself. And once we start to get that flowing and going, it's a really incredible process. You, you know, before we go any further, I got to double back on something you mentioned about trauma and um, particularly trauma. Is it automatically a good idea for someone who's suffering from a, a, a serious traumatic event in their life to, to journal it? You know, if you are struggling with a serious traumatic event or you are struggling with emotions that are overwhelming, even if, because a lot of people who struggle through trauma don't see it as traumatic, but the signal that it was traumatic is that emotionally um, I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm so afraid to access my emotions because I'm afraid they'll drown me. If that's where I am at as a person, I want to get together with a professional simply because there's a lot that will come out. It's not going to hurt you. Feelings do not hurt us. But the behaviors that we may have aren't good. Um, if we are having those moments where we're overwhelmed and we start writing, that is a wonderful way to cope with overwhelming feelings. And inevitably what happens is we will write till the end. And eventually the feelings dry up. There's only so many times in one session that you can write, oh my gosh, I can't feel this anymore. I'm going to before you start to go, oh, wait, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better. And you actually ride that wave of emotion to the end. So it is a very good coping strategy. But again, I just want to emphasize, if you're struggling with overwhelming emotions that you feel are out of your control, please reach out to somebody, anybody, to get some help. What advice would you give uh, uh, perhaps uh, parents, for instance, about encouraging this kind of uh, expression through writing, because anybody who's corrected their children's homework is torn between you, you got to spell these words right, and this is not a real sentence, and encouraging what you said, or avoiding that you're not good at this uh, thing. What kind of advice would you give people? Keep your nose out of it, Mom and Dad. Let your children have a place that's theirs and theirs alone. A big part of maturing and becoming an adult is finding that place where we realize, okay, I am not connected to this other person. There is a space that is mine and a space that is theirs. Let that journal be the first space that is theirs. Don't go prying. And and if I heard you correctly, uh, a journal, uh, the contents of a journal are unique to each and every individual. So it's, in one sense, never too early to give a young, youngster a blank piece of paper. Absolutely. I have actually a friend who homeschools her children, and they have been journaling since they were able to hold a pen. And just these wonderful books that they fill with pictures and writing, and sometimes they'll show me things, but many times they won't. It's up to them what they want to share. But they have this incredible ongoing story of their lives. Yeah, and it's also the greatest, greatest time because the outside forces haven't already have, haven't begun to do their work on changing all that. Kate Ramsey, thanks so much. Uh, clinical Supervisor, Retreat, Lancaster County. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. You went to Yale, right? Did you go to I Yale? I did. Journal? I'm going up there. Well, I'll be up there. I know. Because Retreat is opening their new facility in, yeah, in South Connecticut. I'm hoping to get a, a jump up there myself. So Say may, hello to some people up there. Um, when we're, we're done here, you'll tell me about a good bar on campus, okay? Kate, Kate Ramsey, thanks so much. And uh, thank you all for joining us on Recovery Radio. It's brought to you again by Retreat Behavioral Health. If you or somebody you uh, love is in need of help, as I told you earlier, 24-7, you're going to get answers to your questions from Retreat Behavioral Health, 
855-859-8808. That's 855-859-8808. Next time, we'll see you. Bye-bye. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.